Hey friends, just before we get into this episode of the podcast, there's a few things that I want to mention. The first is you'll notice that Telsey and I don't say a whole lot throughout this episode, and that's because Irene's just got such an interesting story. She had so much to say about her story, and it just kind of made the conversation flow along so well that we didn't really have to say a whole lot to keep it going and to really dial into what she's all about. Now, with that, I th- something that, you know, is part of the flow cast that we like to touch on a lot is the flow state and how individuals are getting into their own particular flow. And I think if you listen closely to this episode, you'll be p- able to pick up on a lot of the things that we've talked about in the past episodes about those cues for flow. So just pay attention and, and you'll probably get the gist of, of what Irene's all about very easily through that and then the second thing is I just wanted to say thank you you know it's the holiday season starting up we just had the American Thanksgiving so if anybody from the USA is listening in thank you and uh, from both Telsey and I we want to say thanks and whether this is the first episode you've been listening to or if you've been around from the beginning thanks for tuning in it's really important to us. We hope that we're providing a lot of value and that you're learning a lot and enjoying tuning into the podcast, whether you're watching the video version or if you listen in, you pop in the podcast, you know, on the way to work, when you're cooking dinner or whatever else. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Welcome to or welcome back to the Flowcast. This is the podcast for information and inspiration on your journey to finding your flow. My name's RJ, and I'm joined by my co-host, Telsey, and together we explore topics surrounding flow, as well as lead by inspiration through our own passions and those of the guests that we interview. So let's dive right in. So, we're back for another episode we've got Irene Stamu on today yeah and <laughs> welcome to the show so well thank you for having me thank you for coming yeah so I as far as I know Telsey's known you for quite a bit longer yeah we've but, been buds for a while when did we meet well we met we shortly met. after I moved to yeah. Peterborough and yeah working at the cafe and yeah, so at least we just kind of started chatting and kind of connected in that way and it's yeah. always a pleasure to see Telsey and yeah. Cool. Yeah. So so it has been a while. I know I met you just a few weeks ago, but we connected uh, closely right off the bat and we'll get into talking a little bit more about that, I guess, towards the, the end of the conversation, but we'll just kind of like get there, get there naturally. Um, mm-hmm. Something I'm kind of, I, I think Telsey probably is more well-versed with with like where you come from, like what you've experienced. So can oh, you? But it's always a good story. But, I like yeah. hearing it. <laughs> okay, so depends which part of the yeah. story. <laughs> uh, so well, which which? Uh... Well, why don't we just do a little background? Mm-hmm. Kind of say who you are, what you do. Okay. That kind of thing. Who am I? <laughs> what am I? <laughs> well. In yoga, you always ask that question when you start a training. It's like, who am I? Right? And I think that's the the practice is knowing who you are. Mm. And uh, that's a lifelong journey in itself. <clears throat> because we always think we know who we are somewhat. But then it's surprising, you know. Um, I feel like I've had a few life changes, transformations. Um I'm from a dance background, professional dance from Montreal. So I had most all my life there, uh, in my education, in my career, and I had a dance company, and really amazing experience. When I look back, I feel, how did I do that? Mm. <laughs> you know, uh, it was I never set out when I did my dance degree at Concordia University that I was going to have a full fledged dance career, on stage, producing and dancing and choreographing, Mm -hmm. um, and touring. 
so that lasted for <clears throat> when I finished uh, university around 26 till uh, till about 40, 41 in Montreal, like so full like 15, time. 15 years? 15 years nonstop. Wow. Nonstop. And in the sense that it was nonstop because you, you you know, it was it was the '90s, the late '80s and '90s, and we were all really just pioneering at that time. Mm. You know, we didn't have a lot of structures to do what we were doing. And um, but uh, I, I talk about we because there was a strong community of, of of really driven artists, and it was it was amazing. It was a lot of fun, uh, but it was a, so much hard work. Like I would be up till past midnight. You know, because you operated yourself, you managed yourself, you wrote grants, you administrated, you wrote schedules. <laughs> you know, you had dancers, you had to rent studios, and then you had collaborators. And it was such a full, you know, full on all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, that's very tiring, right? Uh, I also started feeling like I wanted to investigate more. Go, like, also in my dance, I always wanted to take my time with things. I wanted to know more about um, what I was doing and who I am. Because mm-hmm. I, I come from a Greek, very strict background. So being an artist okay. was a no-no. Yeah. So, you know, I had to go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to go against the wave. Uh, you know, like you're... You're going like salmon up a stream, you know, mm. and really struggling with that because there's not much of a backup, right? So, um, you know, it was always this question like, how did I get here? How am I doing this? Why am I doing this? But it was really about expression for me. It was about not speaking too much, but really working with the body. Mm. And I was really lucky because I was able to move the way I wanted to move. And that started being successful because people liked the way I was moving. And I was just moving because um, this is the way I wanted to to express myself. These are the movements that I wanted to do to express myself. And a lot of it had to do with some Greek folk dancing and contemporary dance. So it became really interesting to watch in the, in the contemporary art scene. Um, but then I, my body wasn't really made to have that kind of impact. Mm. Uh, I had, um, neck issues and spine. So I had to see a lot of therapists and it was like nonstop because I wanted to keep dancing. So I, I really would see about three to four therapists a week. Oh my goodness. Like I would see massage therapists, cranial sacral, you name it, Reiki. I needed to know and I needed to, you know, move and as I was getting all these treatments I was really fascinated by the treatments themselves so before Mm. I would see a therapist I would research what it was (laughs) what is Reiki what is you know what is polarity therapy and I would do floats too what's a float and so I became really curious about that world which is about the whole internal Mm -hmm. world and how it operates and how stress operates or how your anatomy is and so a lot of dance sometimes goes against the nature of your anatomy so you form your anatomy a certain way up to a certain age but then the body can't take the impact anymore Mm -hmm. like athletes sure right your body's like saying oh no this is not this is not working for me anymore like i'm literally going to stop right here so i would get these like bolts on my spine where I couldn't turn like right before performance mm. and in the dance world you don't talk about pain because the minute you talk about pain and you can't do something then everybody's just moving forward and you're left behind mm. so it's like this race right and I had this uh, therapist I would say you dancers are like race cards you know you oh, just yeah. like <laughs> you'll you'll just like keep speeding ahead and you'll have a crash and then you'll keep going and I have friends in the Circus du Soleil that had crashes and we were all just like you know like burning <laughs> and falling apart and we oh, kept going kind wow. of thing but yeah. I just felt like I started getting curious about um, uh, Tao healing um, yoga and somatics became a big interest to me and I discovered a teacher in New York, um, Nancy Tom from the Dynamic Anatomy, 
And I went there one summer in a retreat, and I went back another summer, then I started working with her one-on-one. And it was all about the anatomy. She would take all these Rex dancers and she would say, come here and, you know, start teaching us about the skeleton and the psoas muscle. And I was just so fascinated because that meant I could move from where I'm at. I could move from this particular injury or issue and understand what's going on in my body in a somatic, emotional, spiritual sense and start working with that. And I started going in that direction. Hmm. And then I had another teacher that saw me dancing. She was from Costa Rica, and she was a somatic teacher as well. And she invited me to Costa Rica to do a residency, and I had never heard about Costa Rica before. And I landed in Costa Rica, and I was like, whoa. You know, I was in this Jeep and going through the jungle, and I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, like this awakening and awakening and awakening. And she had this studio without walls in the middle of the forest. And she had all her physio balls and bamboo sticks and all these things she was in her 50s she had been teaching in the university of montreal and she decided with a few colleagues that were doing osteopathy and all kinds of therapies to open up a center there Mm -hmm. so i went there in the year 2000 and there was like no turning back so up to 2004 i started slowly moving away from my company and closing down the company and not really knowing what i was doing it was very difficult you know, to stop a wheel Mm. of something so strong Mm -hmm. and to start moving in another direction. But for me, it felt like I had always internally, even with my dance, been going in a direction that was about more like a spiritual practice or a healing practice. And so that felt very natural to me. It felt, you know, there's all this grieving process about leaving like the impact of the stage and... um, the glitter and the, you know, the performance aspect of what I was doing. I didn't stop. I just did less and less of it. Okay. Because the, the curiosity led me to do trainings in somatics and trainings in yoga and trainings in Thai yoga massage. So that was a span of 10 years. I had my baby and I decided I, I was going to Costa Rica every winter and I said, I really want to live here. I really want to know the rhythms of this um, uh, nature, and I want to go unplugged. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So I decided to, you know, I went through a heartbreak, a a separation, which was devastating when my baby was just a baby. Mm. And but in my mind was, I'm going to Costa Rica. I'm going to, you know, work with my teacher and people that I know there. I'm going in that direction. I'm, I know I'm heartbroken, but I'm, I'm just going to go in this direction. And I had that vision and I went and I stayed and I kept going. Um, and that was a fascinating experience because, you know, I was unplugged for a few years. This was before Facebook yeah. and Wi-Fi. And it was like just slowly cutting all those mm-hmm. attachments. And it was really fascinating because I started to go in the rhythm of nature and really being barefoot and, you know, washing my clothes and hanging them in the sun and doing my trainings and training on the beach, on the rocks and the rivers, mm-hmm. climbing trees as I was raising my kid. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, when I look back, I can't believe that I did that. That's awesome. Yeah, and I feel that that led me to where I am now, to a kind of understanding of the nervous system, a kind of understanding of having that silence and having that to be able to listen to your own thoughts and to your own internal guidance. I don't know if I could have done it if I, if I hadn't gone there because I was so like speedy and so Mm. mental and so um, driven in, in my, in my work ethic. So that Costa Rica is, it's one of those blue zones, right? Like it's, it's one of those places where people live to be, a hundred plus because it's just there's something about it that uh, well you know it's just so it's so and I went there 20 years ago and now it's changed quite a bit right because it became really popular and 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 I felt that then that it's going to attract it's going to attract people who want to do healing want to do yoga want to experience wildlife and nature and 
it's the blue zone. I mean, there's so much fauna and jungle and ocean that the air is just, you're just, it's, it's just so rich. Mm. And that's why they call it Costa Rica. Rica means rich. It's so rich in, in oxygen, mm. you know, because of the jungle. It's so yeah. rich in earth. Like you're smelling it, mm. right? And the plants and the energy. And also when there is no, like I was really living in the coast, really south in the, in the edge of the jungle and there's no traffic. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have a car that's trying to make it through the potholes, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so so that had a huge shift in, in what I had been made of up to that point in my life, which I lived in the city, I lived in Montreal, I worked at a high pace, I worked, you know, computers, and I worked indoors a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I was born in Greece and I have that whole background too, which is amazing because I think that's what made me fall in love with Costa Rica, mm-hmm. is my grandparents in the village in Greece with similar lifestyle. Okay. <clears throat> it was really unplugged, no electricity. So I, I felt like my... My soul and my spirit really, really wanted to tap into that again. Mm. And um, yeah, so Costa Rica is very special for that. And the people themselves, the people that that live there and that we lived with, because we ended up living in a fishing village. Mm. It was a little Montessori school that my kid went to. And the people are so humble and, you know, they live off the land. We had We lived with a fisherman and we had fresh fish every day and the platanos and the oranges, everything that grew in the place itself. So, and be, and I think because there's family and that connection to each other and the, the feeling of tribe, I think also gives a lot to longevity because you're never really alone. In fact, they couldn't understand yeah. why I was alone, my child. It just oh, didn't make okay. sense yeah. to them. Yeah. So they felt like they had to be around me you know, to always check in on me, to make sure I had food, to make sure, you know, it was so awesome that, you know, they are very much into the mother. The mother is very respected. And that's to me is so, and a single mother is even more respected. Mm-hmm. So that's very, very special. And you, so you're not harassed or anything like that. That's lovely. Yeah. Wow. I, I went to a long, that. like that was a long <laughs> Long. No, <laughs> that was beautiful. I, I love listening. But the floating, I want to say why I sure. fell in love with the floating okay. is that I did do float in Montreal. Yeah. And I loved it. I remember doing it in the middle of February and walking home and feeling like I was just floating home, right? <laughs> in Costa Rica, I ended up floating in these tide pools that are formed by the ocean and they're hot. And on low tide, there's these pools that you go into and you just float. So when I did the float several weeks ago here, I felt that was the closest. Mm, you were saying that. Yeah, the closest to having that experience and having that experience of letting go mm-hmm. and going into a meditation and so forth. Yeah, so. yeah that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so how long, uh, just a quick question about living in Greece. How long did you stay there? When did you come to Canada? So I was born in Greece, and my family left Greece when I was five. And yeah, that was really, I remember that time, Mm. because I was very close to my grandparents. And uh, it felt like a huge shift, because when we landed in Canada, it was in December, and I remember we would come out of the plane, and it's snowing, right? And I'm wearing this little Greek coat and going up the steps to our house. So I remember that that impact of snow. Yeah, it would hit you hard. It would hit me hard. And I remember going, they put me right away in school, and I didn't speak any English. So that was also, I would say, a little traumatic, you know? Yeah. But so it was five, I was five and, but we kept going back every Greece, every summer. And then my summer, my parents actually also sent my brother and I on our own in, in the summer when I was 11. Oh yeah. And that was amazing too. So, and in, in Montreal, the Greek culture was building a community. So it was also Greek school and Greek mm-hmm. church. So we were very, you know, Greek at home. Sure. Um, <laughs> it was like that duality of being Greek and be, being Canadian because mm-hmm. the cultures were very different, you know? I mean, they're the same, but they're different. Yeah. 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 And I think you probably would have had like a really um, 
quite the tight, like tribal almost connection with like the Greek community that she then experienced down in Costa Rica. Were there similarities there? Or, or there yeah. were similarities. I think there was, there's a kind of mentality that I think helped me live in Costa Rica. Okay. You know, like, a good example would be, this is very radical, but, you know, you have the tourists that take off all their clothes and they go and running nude into the beach and you have all the villagers in shock, right? Okay. Because to them, they're very religious or very, and um, so it's about being discreet, you know, mm. and being like, in a way you, there's a certain thing that I learned uh, as a Greek to a kind of respect that you learn when you go into somebody else's place or for the elders, Um it's called philotimo in, in, in Greek. It's kind of like honoring where you're at, where you are, the people that are there to to honor that they also have you, they're hosting you. Oh, okay. You yeah. know? So that's very, very, it was very interesting when I look back because that helped me live there and integrate with the people, like not as a tourist, but as a person living my life there uh -huh. with the local people and also with the foreigners that made their life there, that pioneered there, which is kind of different than foreigners going in now for more for like business or investment. It's a very different feel. Mm. Um, so in that regard, I think being Greek helped me even with a language, the Latin or the French helped me learn the Spanish. Okay, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's also interesting being Canadian in that regard because I feel like Canadians are very different internationally than other, uh, you know, we, I think we, there's a certain respect when you're Canadian mm -hmm. and, I, and I feel Canadians are, they're sort of like we're very, We're much more polite, hmm. I think, as a as a as a, you know <laughs> as a culture. As a it's Canadian, easy to travel yeah. as a Canadian, and right. I felt yeah. very respected as a Canadian, and I and I felt really proud to also be Canadian mm -hmm. and to be you know we would also travel to Nicaragua, we would travel to Panama, we really kind of did that little circuit of those countries, and it was easy to travel being a, a Canadian. So in that regard, I. You know, having these cultures now, part of me being Canadian, being Greek, and also Costa Rican, mm -hmm. is is a, an interesting lens to see the world mm -hmm. from in a cultural and environmental. Like, I think Costa Rica really, to the sense of the word, taught me how to be sustainable because I have to let go of everything yeah. to live there. And I live, and you can't have stuff. I couldn't have CDs, you know, or I couldn't have plastic toys or I couldn't have really nice fancy clothes because they disintegrate mm. with a, with the climate, you oh, know, yeah. they just <laughs> plastic disintegrates. Wow. Um, That's wild. Things get moldy. Yeah. You know, ants, right. ants will eat your, your clothes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's you to be a bit off the grid, I guess. Yeah. You just kind of learn how to live simply mm. and, And humbly and so you you kind of really learn what's priority yeah. can you but, talk a little bit yeah. about because I you and I have chatted about this yeah. but coming back to kind of this wild crazy hustle bustle of Peter yeah. Broome, um how is that for you in comparison because now there's traffic and there's cell phones and there's lights and there's yeah I just yeah. kind of upgraded my phone after five years because of my son kept insisting, you know, because people couldn't get in touch with me. The battery would always die. And I'm like, I don't really, the big thing was like, I don't, I realized I don't mean, I don't need to respond right away. Yeah. Yeah. I know like, you know, people would get really kind of frustrated with me because they send me a message and it's as if they expect me the split second after To respond. And I'm like, I don't have to respond. So I'm, I don't respond the next morning, maybe the next night. I'm like, okay, when do they need to know this? What are we doing? Okay, I'll respond now. It might be three days later <laughs> or a week later, right? Because yeah. you learn that. You learn that you don't need to respond right away. And sometimes yeah. it depends also, you know, I mean, if it's work and it's business and you're feeling, I need to respond to this, right? But you're in the middle of driving, Or you're in the middle of having this argument with your teenage kid or something, right? <laughs> and you're in the, the middle of uh, anything. 
I don't feel like we need to respond in the middle of anything. Like I feel, I feel like there's a certain way of pacing yourself through the day with your work and your life where, and I'm like self-employed. So I have to even challenge myself even more to find this block of time to respond to whatever is work related, which means I don't need to respond at 11 o'clock at night Mm -hmm. or at 6 a.m. kind of thing, you know? So, and then there was like the whole superstores thing. (laughs) I'm like, I actually broke down and cried this, this fall thinking this is not for me. I feel like I'm going backwards. Like Mm -hmm. this is, I need to go to this big store and buy these huge amounts of, of, of like things. Like I just want one toothbrush that's going to last. I know this is crazy. Like five years, you know, like the way I t- use tea tree oil or something to take care of it and not replace it every month or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. or all the plastic. Um, uh, so it's all the stuff, you know, and it's like, the consumption. I feel that consumption is the biggest thing that is bugging me. Like mm-hmm. that, that you have to drive everywhere. Um, that you have to keep buying, or keep responding, and I just feel that it goes against our human nature completely. And that's why there's so much stress, and that affects your body, mm-hmm. and illness, and then disease. I think it's just we're at this pace that is not natural. Yeah, and it's that simple. It's just not natural, and I think. We can train ourselves to just step out of it, even if it just means just, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go for a walk around the block, or I'm just going to lie on my back for five minutes just to stretch my body. Mm-hmm. Because sitting is a big issue, too. We're always sitting, so that huge lower back issues right there, shoulders, everything, spine. So th- I don't know if that answers your question. That was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just you know? a, a, I got a quick uh, yeah. sort of yeah. thing in here is, um, sorry, how long were you in Costa Rica for? So I started going there, February is going to mark 20 years. Okay. And I, and, uh, I was started going there every year for about six weeks, three months. And then I stayed, uh, I went in August 2006. Okay. And I lived there full time till um, May 2018. So, so I would we would come twelve years. Twelve there. years. We would yep. come back once or twice a year okay. to Canada. Yeah. Yep. Um, but we spent twelve years there. Gotcha. And twelve years there is very different than just going there in the winter here, which is the summer there. Yeah. Which when you go in the peak, the most beautiful time. Like oh, yeah. 12 years of living through hurricanes and earthquakes and living in the mud. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and this, the, the roads are like the water's up to your knees and you don't know how you're going to get from A to B. So it was, I think that makes a huge difference yeah. living at a place and really in, you know, in, in permeating, that's a word to use, in permeating or um, embedding into sure. into your body you know that that whole rhythm is you know it wasn't easy no it wasn't convenient (laughs) at all Mm -hmm. you know it came to the point where we had to okay my son needs to go to high school and I felt like I kept feeling this call to come back Uh, I could see why now I feel like there's a real need to come back and do my work here um and I will be going back there this winter and I'm going to start setting up retreats and and it workshops according to how I lived Costa Rica and bringing people through a journey. Yeah. Rather than in this perfect little package, it's going to be, you want to go with me, you're going to have to get your toes really dirty, you know? <laughs> but yeah, 12 years full time. How is it that you settled on Peterborough? That's where you came straight back to Peterborough, right? Well, I did take a huge leap of faith. Okay. Are we recording? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> We were actually, I was thinking of maybe moving to Vancouver because of the ocean and um, the mountains and feeling like maybe I needed to be close to that. Um, and I also realized that, you know, I have some family in Montreal. My, my mom passed away, my dad passed away, and I felt like it would be, it would not be the same. And I felt like I was ready to move on, although mm-hmm. I really, really miss Montreal too. I really love Montreal and I 
so looking forward to going back in the spring and visiting my friends and you know it it's a, a strong part of my life and who I am but it felt like my time there for now full-time maybe was done and I needed to experience something else and we do have family in Bancroft yeah. and in Brampton so that really you know made it uh, an impact my dad's um, my son's father lives in Bancroft and I felt it's important that he's close to his dad and grandparents and so forth mm-hmm. and I have a friend who has a studio here um, Tina of Peter Bur- Peterborough Living Yoga and she also trained in Osara in Costa Rica and we have become friends over the years and I just popped a question I said is there any great high schools in Peterborough I'm looking for a high school for my son I feel he needs the arts and integrated arts mm-hmm. some kind of arts and she goes oh we have an amazing high school here for integrated arts which was TAS mm-hmm. and uh, he sent his application and he auditioned and he got in and I think that was it and then I started googling Google Maps of Peterborough, trying to, you know, go, I had no idea. I'd never been to Peterborough before. And so there was the yoga studio and there was the high school and that was a good starting point. Sure. And I feel like my story, because I love to write a lot, right? I, I do the journaling and the writing and I am writing a book about this story. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I feel like there was this part in Osara where I lived and it was this incredible part where I would climb this huge, kind of it looked like a small mountain, I would climb it to watch the sunset and that was my ritual uh, for five years because I had moved from south to northern part of that peninsula and it felt like a portal, it felt like there was this place I would watch the sunset, I would meditate and I would just pray and you know. So we were living, a, you know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't that easy. I was a single mom, you know, I was body working and teaching yoga and I still had to put my kid to school and make dinner and all these things. It was like I was not even enjoying the mm. high season because we were all so busy mm. there, right, doing our work. Um, and as I was getting ready, it took a year to wrap things up, to come back to Canada I was in this place that feels like a portal and I felt like I was just asking for guidance, right? And my story feels like I came out of this portal and I tumbled <laughs> into the sidewalk of downtown Peterborough, <laughs> you know, because that's where I ended up living. Yeah. And I'm like, I just got up and that June 2018 started walking around Peterborough. I'm like, whoa. This looks like Montreal in the 1980s. Oh, cool. It was so wild. I mean, like the buildings were kind of like, there's a lot of them that were vacant. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stores that were looking like they were abandoned. And I even saw posters, dance posters from 1998. And I'm like, this is like a time warp, you yeah. know? <laughs> and I felt like there was like this burst of enthusiasm and energy that there was this untapped potential of Peterborough becoming this kind of center of healing arts and it already has a dynamic art scene but it could just blossom even more right I just had this feeling that it was kind of you know like coming out of the mud kind of thing mm. becoming its own cool place it's got it's got an incredible community yeah. of yoga and wellness and arts and poetry and theater mm-hmm. but it's still kind of just keeping at the edge you know it's still kind of what's going to happen yeah it's interesting that's very interesting <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah something just so that just so that we don't lose this point before yeah. we kind of run out of time is uh, is something that we've kind of come up together with this this plan for what we're calling Bliss Flow, which is going to be a wellness retreat uh, taking place here at Flow Spa in the new year um, on several weekends throughout January, February, and March. So do you want to like take a few minutes to kind of explain how, not really how that came about, it really just happened almost by chance. We just kind of ended up talking about it, but what what sort of is in store for that and what are you going to be kind yeah, of offering to yeah. the, the 
Well, you know, it's I really love collaboration, and I find Peterborough has been really amazing for collaboration. And it really was a spontaneous inspiration that came. Totally. And I feel that like when it comes like that, that strong and authentic, it's meant to be, right? Yeah. I had an, a powerful experience in the float, in the bath. I feel like it, I really went into a meditation, and I really started doing little movements, and it was very healing for me. And as we were talking afterwards, I remember I had done this practice last winter called the Bliss Practice with another spa in town. And I felt like I was looking for a place for my clients to experience in the midst of city, in the midst of cold and the darkness, something wholesome, something nurturing. Mm -hmm. And I love the element of water and the, uh, I love the element of float. And I think it's really, really important. Mm. For people to have that sense of letting go. And I, so I teach a lot of restorative yoga. And it's really, really important to me to teach restorative. Because it really is about calming your nervous system. It really is about letting your body yield. It really is about letting your muscles and your bones just gravitate. And allowing the really the element of earth support you. So I've been working a lot with the chakra system. Um, which, which is these energy wheels in the body. And Telsey knows a lot about this because we've been doing it in a dance model. Cool. Um, and more and more, I bring that in all my other models. So in this mini retreat, we will have we will have um, a full on hour or so of restorative yoga and meditation, and it's with the props and it's really laying out your body with these props on the mat. Before, some clients will do it before the float and some will do it after. Mm. And I feel that really that in, that um, encompasses the whole experience of floating in the water. And in fact, it, it um, I feel that people will really get the full benefit of stress. Yeah, you're going to have really melty people <laughs> on a Sunday morning oh, reset man. for the week. And including in that something that has been a major part of my practice since 1996 um, when I started uh, the journaling. I mean, I had been writing since I was a teenager, but it became something that was, this is my practice. I have to do this every day, which is writing and writing, writing, spontaneous writing in the morning or stream of consciousness writing. And it's about this this writing out on the paper, whatever comes into your mind, whatever's in your heart, whatever's in your soul, whatever you feel is you're holding on to mm -hmm. and you can't voice it. And yes, you can go to therapy, whatever, but you still need to get it out. Mm -hmm. There was one client that did um, the bliss practice with me last year and she said she felt she had done hours and hours and hours, hours of psychotherapy through that writing. Wow. But your she, work is powerful. Like yeah. when I dance with you, I feel like that's, that's like a month of therapy. Aww. Like it just gets stuff out of your body that you didn't even know you had. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, thank you for saying that. And I really appreciate that feedback because, after, you know, I, I this work, it comes out of a lot of training. And then I, I practice it on myself mm -hmm. before I actually bring it out to other people. Right. So it's been, yeah, 22, 25 years of practice. So the writing part will be part of this retreat. Uh -huh. And sometimes people don't connect to the writing. I'm like, I don't know what to write. I'm like, even if you don't know what to write, write that down. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what it looks like, what it sounds like. You could say that the worst things about somebody or something you could think of. And I think that's important to get that darkness and get that negativity. And I'm saying that darkness and negativity because we have to acknowledge that that's part of who we are. Sure. It's a, you know, the duality of we are composed of that. We are composed of the dark and the light you know, we are composed of the love and the hatred, right? The mm -hmm. kindness and the meanness is all part of something we need to attune to and center and kind of transform and move on. Mm -hmm. And it's like you never just quite get it right. You just have to keep working at it at every phase that you are in life. So the writing's part of it, the restorative. You know, I'm a very active person. I like to move a lot. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the restorative is part of a longevity plan. You know, I'm in my 50s now. And so for me, it's like, I want to keep going. I want to 
do choreographies and tour in my, you know, 60s to 80s and choreograph. And I mean, I want to go back on the stage at some mm. point. It's, it's not over, you know. Yeah. And I always imagined it through going through another perspective. Mm-hmm. So the restorative, the, the ability to retreat, to step out of your daily retreat uh, life. And some people say, yeah, I'm just going to sit back, turn off the phones. But I feel it's, 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 it's just remove yourself from your, from your house and your office and be in another setting. So it's been my practice. It started um, in 2013 at a place called the Healing Center where I was doing these offerings in Osara in Costa Rica. And it's really about creating sacred space. So I don't have the jungle, but it's like, let's put in the plants, let's dim the lights, let's open up the space, let's bring out the props, let's have quiet. You know, and and at the flow spa here, we've already designed how we're going to do this. It's very beautiful Zen room. And from that restorative, you step into the float, or from the float, you step into the restorative. Mm-hmm. We do the meditation, we do the writing, and I feel people are really going to... That's going to be a while. Yeah, receive the benefits of it, and yeah, just be able to exhale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it really is about, and it, it still happens to me, you know, like... You feel you're all set and ready to go and you have this energy, but life kind of hits you with things, right? Mm-hmm. Things happen. And you kind of have the tools to be able to face everything that you come across in life. And I think the restorative and the retreating and the meditation is the tools for me that help me gain the energy to do everything else. Yeah. So I'm really excited about this. Me too. And the dates that we have? It's um, January 15th, February 9th, and then March 1st. Yeah, and they're very specifically chosen dates. Yes. And Sundays like once a month throughout the winter months. Yes. And uh, something that I just came to mind because I didn't put it on the website yet, this will be for women only. Oh, yes. Mm. Well, I do. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah, we could do a men's only too at some we point could. in the yeah. future. Well, we can gather interest for that. But yeah. that's something that you wanted to I do have this like connection with uh, with offering this for women. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe because I've been a single mom for a long time mm-hmm. and I uh, really feel the feel and feel compassionate. Um uh, the women's journey is not always easy. I mean, I'm not separating that from a men's journey, but I guess something that's close to my heart. Sure. So I'm happy to offer this for women's only. Yeah. I have noticed though, and I'm really excited about it. It's more and more men are coming to my mm-hmm. to my practice. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Like young, yeah. T- yeah. And so I would love to revisit that with yeah. you to maybe offer a men's uh, yeah. retreat as well yeah. um, to to offer that. But for these three dates, these three yes. dates are for women only. <laughs> what right. I would call like the sh- the shakti, uh, um, the the feminine energy and the feminine creative tapping into our creativity, into our into our wombs, into our nurturing selves. Because I feel as women, we wear. You know, I I feel like I had to become both a sorry, I don't mother and father to my kid. Mm. and like to work my masculine side too hard with that I feel really took a toll on my body and my mind so I'm feeling like allowing the space for women to to go into into this they don't have to do anything but just be in a place to receive so I'm finding a lot of women, it's really, they give, 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 and it's really hard for them to receive. So I feel these retreats will be so beautiful for women to just sit back and not have to do anything, but just receive the gift of nurturing yourself, deep self-care, mm-hmm. you know, and then self-love and, and that it's okay to do that. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Great. yeah. So it's... Uh... The, the website or the link for it is live now if anybody's you know listening in this this podcast will go out um, next Monday so right at the start of December 
and it's flowspa.ca slash blissflow. And uh, throughout December, we've decided we're going to also as like a kind of a holiday special. If you if you sign up before December 31st, you're saving 15% off of this retreat awesome. as well. That's okay. awesome. It's so great to work with you, yeah. Ms. RJ, because you are so tapped into the healing and this positive psychology. Totally, yes. And you're such a great person to work <laughs> with because you're like on it. And uh, yeah, and I love that. It's such a it's such a you know structure, right? Sure. Beautiful. Yeah. So no, yeah, I'm very excited that we can offer this as well. Yeah, I have one more thing to say about my collaboration with yeah. Chelsea because Chelsea is oh. such a gift in my life. <laughs> She's like this ball of energy that's come into my life, and it's all the, also this intergenerational experience that I'm having with Telsey. She's in her um, mid-20s and she reminds me a lot of myself in my mid-20s and just like a real, real driven and like this old soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's been coaching me because I've been wanting to um, train in a way that builds more resi- resilience in my body. And she's an incredible, incredible coach. You have to watch out for her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, she's, she's, um, she's very smart and very good at what she does. And I've also invited her to dance uh, in a choreography that I'm putting together. Oh, cool. So watch yeah. out for that. That's going to be in Peterborough in, in spring. So she's going to be one of my dancers. And I'm very excited that I'm going to get to choreograph with a dynamic, strong, young woman. <laughs> we'll see. We'll yeah. See yes, yes, yes. She's been in my dance class, Soma. Oh, yeah. Soma Dances Medicine, which is another thing I'm bringing out this winter. And she's been taking that series. And, you know, I could tell she's a deep, very soulful, very wise person. And um, so I'm really grateful for our collaboration as well, Telsey. Thank you. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, well, just to be respectful of everybody's time, is there anything else that we want to touch on? But I, I could go on forever. Yeah, there's so many questions so that many I... so many good things in here. So we'll many questions. We will. Um, and actually, I have an idea of another... Like, it would be cool to get you back after you go to Costa Rica. Because I'm really curious uh, with, like... We talk about it several times on the podcast before, but the uh even the the bombardment of not just like you said the the consumerism and the consumption but like the electricity like people talk about you know emfs and and like the electromagnetic frequencies and fields that are produced by everything around us i'm really curious to know like Oh, How you feel it in your body? Uh, I've been feeling tired. Yeah. I feel it. And I feel like get out into nature as much as possible. Yeah. And I mean, just to even a walk in Jackson Park. On the, I actually, that's another reason why I chose Peterborough, the trails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I want green uh, Peterborough to become greener and greener and greener and greener. And really that pe- people in Peterborough understand the treasure that they have here with the trails. And if they could expand on that and make it a unique green city, I tell you, it's just going to be... People will want to come here from everywhere. Yeah. Because that's what people need, is more green in the cities. Yeah. You need to get out into the river and out into the trees. We take that for granted. And you don't realize how important that is to human nature, to your mind. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, even to your skin. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's just health. That is health. Absolutely. So you can fly to Costa Rica with me in 2021. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but also realize how to integrate it into your urban lifestyle. Because I love city too. City is exciting. It's, mm-hmm. it's about um, cafes and it's about theater and it's about so many wonderful things but the origins of city was not that far from nature Uh it's just when we started putting down all these cement concrete Mm -hmm. without thinking about if you're going to cut these trees they're not going to come back that easy so think about there's certain cities that are developing now around the world uh, that are thinking about making car-free zones Mm -hmm. More mm-hmm. green spaces. I think there was a an art, uh, a post that I just saw about a place in Korea where they just want to build 
a city that's car- entirely car free. Oh, yeah. People can just walk everywhere. That'd yeah, fantastic. The power of walking. I mean, I felt so weird walking around downtown. Uh-huh. You know, like. Or around my neighbor, like nobody walks. I'm like, they must think I'm some kind of <laughs> crazy person just walking around. And but if I don't walk, I don't feel well. Right. So just to yeah. briefly answer, yeah, it's it's about that connection to nature. That's it's not it's just, it's not a thing. It's not a trend. It's our it's our human right. Mm-hmm. It's our birthright. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Agreed. Tessa, do you want to, do you, how do you feel about what we've talked about up to now? Anything oh, you want to say? No, it's good. I'm just kind of drinking it all in. Like I said, I could listen to you tell your stories. Like, just, I don't know. There's something captivating about you when you talk. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally agree. And I'm really excited for you to bring just all that magic that you found in Costa Rica here. And I think that that's part of your, your doing here is bringing that restoration and that safe space like you you create when I walk into your classes it's like (sighs) you just bring that with you so I'm really excited I hope that people in Pedro get a taste of that because it's super magical keeps you going so So, let's see people here at the flow spa yeah and um thank you so much RJ thank you so much for having me here and I actually love to talk like this I feel really comfortable with both of you and I'm excited to do the the collaborations with both of you. Absolutely. I feel like 2020 is going to be just amazing. Yay. I agree. More for wellness. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for doing what you're doing, RJ, for creating the space. That's yeah. huge. Well, thank you. No, I appreciate that. That's, and you're welcome. And the it's, water, the yeah. element of water, you know. I know. It's something that's, yeah, near and dear to my heart as well. And, yeah. And uh, just works out perfectly. As always, thank you for listening to the Flowcast. If you like listening to this podcast, I really encourage you to go and leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us or subscribe on Spotify or on YouTube if you like the, the video versions. Also forward it to a friend you think could benefit from the information in this episode or any other episode. It really helps to spread the word and we definitely appreciate it. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you again next time.